0: I believe as we learn to love and honor ourselves and really master our inner world, like you said, that's what we can give out to the external world. We are all wired to have everything we need to know, all of the intuition and wisdom and knowing that we need to know from within.
1: Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster, Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am really excited about today's guest, and you will love her energy. Author and life designer, Julie Riesler, is the founder and CEO of Empowered Living, a life design and personal development company. While Julie has a master's degree in coaching and more than 12 certifications in health and well-being, her master's could have been in people-pleasing and, in her own words, crappy self-esteem. Author of Get a PhD in You, A Course in Miraculous Self-Discovery, Julie authentically shares the extensive personal growth wisdom that came from her own struggles with body image, relationships, and feeling not enough. Julie is also in the short film Hungry for More, soon to be an online course where she shares openly about her journey with emotional overeating to finding out what really makes you full. As a speaker, coach, author, and faculty member at Georgetown University's coaching program. Julie is enamored with helping you to master your inner world so you can master your outer world. She is a mama of two, stepmama of one, happily remarried, and in love with her very imperfect life. Julie, welcome to the show. Wow,
0: thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Now it is absolutely a pleasure to have you on, and I am so excited to have you talk about your story. So let's start in the beginning because there's so much we can go over. Talk to us about you said that your masters could have been in crappy self-esteem, people pleasing. Talk about like how you how you got there and then what changed moving it forward. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> it's quite a journey. This is always my uh Challenge is to make sure I'm succinct, and it could be a, a year-long story. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it kind of to the point. But I grew up really. I was an active kid, and also, you know, I joked that I was in a leotard or a bathing suit four out of five days a week. Involved in dancing, I loved to dance and swimming, and um, I really I loved it until I was told that I was too big, too large to be a dancer, um, and that was really really upsetting obviously it was about 17 and my teacher said you've great smile you really like conscientious but you are not built like a dancer and just wanted to let you know I don't think you should continue and that really I would say just kind of feeling like taking that that those words and making that a story for a long time feeling that not good enough I wasn't built like the other you know girls that I was in class with I danced ballet for a long time and um, I was always taller and always you know, built a little bit bigger and I just made that mean that I wasn't that I shouldn't be doing it. And it wasn't until I was in a personal development course, very intensive course. We were looking at past stories and I it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I had stopped dancing for years. I mean a good 20 years. And it was one of my favorite ways to just be self-expressed. And I looked at my gosh, I'm not I love dancing. I don't dance at weddings. I don't dance anywhere. What is going on? And then I realized I remembered this story. It was crazy powerful. I realized that I let someone's words literally, you know, take away one of my most, I mean, I, I created that, but I allowed that to change who I was. And I saw where that then went seeped into all areas of my life. So, you know, not feeling good enough and feeling like, you know, whoever you wanted me to be, I could learn to be that so that I didn't have to deal with not being liked or to feel that, um, I wasn't upsetting people. And it just, it was a very disempowering place to live. And I, You know, it seeped into even my decision in my first marriage. Really great guy just learned as I kind of did a lot more personal development work. I mean, a lot of, you know, support group and counseling and coaching and therapy, all different kinds of work that that was not serving me to live that to play small and to live like that. And so um it just showed up everywhere. And it was it was awesome and also humbling to see, you know, that story. And then since then, this was about nine years ago, eight years ago, I've just been I call it like excavating the authentic me and just looking where else am I living out stories and words that are not mine. And that was part of what got me to write a book about this. Um, because I know there are, you know, as humans, we hear people say things to us, whether it's a parent or a teacher or a friend or whoever it is, maybe it's not even, it's about them or it's, you know, not, it's not ill um, meant, but we take it and we make it mean something. And it, it was so powerful when I was able to release that. So you know, that's been an ongoing, um, shift and kind of place that I play in every day, just making sure I'm designing how I'm going to live my life based on the
1: words that I choose versus what someone else tells me. Julie, I think your story is striking and probably a lot of people relate to that because essentially 20 years you carried that with you and you stated that it impacted so many different areas of your life. In fact, you know, you, your choice in your first husband yeah. was based on some of these false beliefs about yourself.
0: Absolutely. I, you know, my, my biggest struggle and slash kind of gift in my life for me, the way that I handled feelings for a long time around these, you know, feelings of not being good enough and feeling like I, you know, was not like everybody else it was around food. I mean, I just used food to handle that. And, you know, I, I always joke that sugar, nothing, you know, a little bit moderation for some. For me, it's not a good idea, but it it became this drug. It became what soothed me. And so it took it took quite a bit of time to really learn to be still and to get to my feelings and really get to what was going on because for a long time I used food to mask it. And so now, you know, not Surprisingly, a lot of my clients, a lot of people I work with are around those struggling with emotional eating and body image and dealing with the same shame and guilt and not feeling good enough. Um, and it's been an, a, a strange gift because through those really dark moments and I mean there have been some moments that were really, really dark and it and it wasn't like I was very lucky at a great family. so it wasn't like I had some horrible childhood and yet I still had this self-inflicted. Stuff going on. And that's, that's where I just, I feel like there's a lot of people that probably can relate to that, where you don't have to have anything crazy going on and you can, you know, compare yourself and not feel great and then struggle like that. And and there is a way out. You know, that's, that's what my passion is, is helping to shift those patterns and redesign how you do life.
1: You've used the term life designer. Well, you said designing your life based on your words, but I know that life design is something that you hallmark as a specialty for you, something that you're really passionate about, but it's a unique and interesting term. Could you tell us what you mean by life designer?
0: Yeah. Thanks for asking. I know it's, um, I actually, I fell in love with it so much that I trademarked it, which is kind of, I was shocked that it was available. I kind of thought, well, how has no one taken these two words together? But what it's really, they're powerful to me because you know, we all have this one life that we're living is this authentic, sacred, unique, you know, individual that we each are. And what I saw was that I was living my life for a long time, um, believing that I did not have the ability to be in the front seat and drive it and create it and design it. And so for me, you know, designing, it means you're the one, you're Creating. You're the one. It's a very empowering word, designer. You know, we use it in different ways, but I love the juxtaposition of designer with your life. So you get to be the one in charge, in control, empowered to really decide how, literally how you want to design it, just like you would design a house or any project, you would sit down and really look at it and and make those conscious, you know, you'd be conscious about it and aware and awake. And so to me, there's something about if you're designing it, you are awakening to who you really are. And that for me is just, that lights me up. I mean, I can't stop thinking about it every day because it's changed my life to see that switch. So I just wanted a term that really kind of umbrella looked at, you know, who you are designing your whole life, mind, body, spirit. I, I, work with some that are come through the government and that way and we look at the whole person and sometimes it's through a private client. But no matter what, I don't care what position, what job, what career, who you are, you know, we bring ourselves wherever we go. And often many of us forget that we have the ability to get conscious to wake up and really create. We don't have to be the victim of anything. Even though that can be, and that's a process. I've been through it. And I'm constantly assessing myself to make sure I'm not getting into that place. So um I like the empowerment piece about
1: it. Well, it certainly would be empowering for anybody to basically say, this is what I want my dream life to be and then to make it happen. But I also suspect that for a lot of people, that might be terrifying because what comes with that is accountability, right? Absolutely. So how do you, for somebody who is maybe going through what you've been going through, that they've had these Negative thoughts that they might not even have been fully aware of for many, many years, and all of a sudden now, somebody who's believed they couldn't do something is being held accountable. How do you broach that?:
0: Yeah, that is such a great question. And here's what I
1: would say is
0: that whenever I'm working with someone, I, my first intention is to create a space that's loving, that's you know full of um, compassion. And, um, really meeting whoever I'm working with wherever they're at. And so that I, I've worked with many people where that's really scary and I've been there. So I think it helps. Like I know, you know, sometimes it's starting just small and it's looking like, what would it look like? I use a lot of appreciative inquiry. You know, what would it look like if things were working out? What would it look like? You know, and then we can even see sometimes it's like, Oh my God, I've never even thought that way. Or I don't even believe that's possible. Okay, great. Great there's a belief going on that, you know, that's a good place to start. Um, but I like to, I kind of, for some people it's dipping your toe in the pool. It's, you know, easing into the water versus jumping into the deep end. And, you know, it's, to me, it's about doing this with, with care, with kindness, with love, with compassion and, 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 you know, honesty. And so, um, you know, I think what many people don't often have is somebody who is listening to them, both who they, what they're saying and what they're not saying. And that's very powerful when you have, you know, for me, when I, I have coaches in my life and having that listening, that, that it it becomes kind of a healing presence in itself. So, you know, I often go slowly with someone who might have that fear. And often it's the fear that's getting in the, that's getting in their way and not serving them. And so, um, I actually love working with clients in that place. I've been there and I, I, it's kind of a, it's, it's beautiful to watch when you move through that fear to something more empowering. Um, it kind of, I don't know why I really enjoy that. And I get that it can be really scary. If you have not done this work, it can, it can be like, what, you know, a uh, big, like what, <laughs> how is this going to happen? And that's often the answer is right in there. It's starting to change that belief that yes, of course. We're designed to be able to, if you have that desire to have that in your life, you know, there's a reason for that. And how can you honor that and express yourself in that? Because you wouldn't have it otherwise, you know?
1: Beautifully said. I love that. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. And your own journey for you was so powerful that you felt compelled to create a book about it, get a PhD in you, a course in miraculous self discovery. And I wonder if you could take us through that book, what people will get out of it, and as well as the journey in writing it.
0: Well, the quick overview about writing it was what's so funny about this is that. I, um, I'm obviously comfortable speaking. I love speaking. I'm really verbal. I'm an extroverted thinker. So that no problem there. I did write in the newspaper and it's funny. I was always like told, you know, you, I did the announcements, like you're great with speaking. Your writing can get flowery. Like I just overheard over and over again, your writing's so flowery, Julie, you got to tighten it up. So the irony is for me, to write a book is just, you know, if I can write a book, anyone can write a book. And plus, there are great editors out there who I can recommend. But I did hear this small, quiet voice from within for a good year that said, you know, Julie, you, you've got to write a book. You've got to write what you've experienced. There are people that you could help. And for me, that's a big thing. I like to, for me, one of my prayers was, let none of my experiences be in vain. Let me use this to make a difference and be of service. And Um, and I got that when I did a lot of work in a, in a support group that I was part of for over 10 years, you know, to be of service, to make, to give back, that's really important to me. And it wasn't until I met a friend who had written a book, she showed me how she got her ideas together on a napkin. It was a, it was a mind mapping approach and I realized I am so right brain and that made all the difference. And so it took two years and I actually hand wrote it which I don't recommend um but I for my process I needed to literally write it and I designed every page it's nutty it has bubbles on it but it worked for my brain it, it made me feel like I was writing in my journal and so you know the actual book what I what I got was I used to joke and say that god after all this personal development work I feel like I have a PhD in me like I just feel like I just did a 10 year program in myself like it's and then I realized oh my goodness I should put this together. And there might be others who, you know, I believe as we learn to love and honor ourselves and really master our inner world, like you said, that's what we can give out to the external world. And so as I was starting to see those changes, it occurred to me really want to help people, anyone that feels like they're not, you know, being and living up to who they really are and to be able to give that back. I wanted to make that difference. So my book literally, it just walks you it's very interactive. It has got a lot of coaching prompts and questions. It also has my story woven in, but it looks at your limited beliefs and your stories and your fears, and then reframes them. There's a lot around how do you connect with yourself? How do you fall in love with yourself? How do you even do that? Not in a cheesy way, but how do you really do that where you're going to feel something about yourself? That's not, Oh, I wish I wasn't this way, but Oh, I'm a sacred, you know, person doing the best I can. So Shifting those beliefs, um, looking at your words, looking at what you're saying, how those make a difference. And then, you know, I do add a whole piece around mindfulness and around mind body, kind of what you're eating and how you're living your life and how that makes an impact. And there's a lot of focus on um, purpose and passion and kind of coming at the end with a, you know, I think what I've heard from people that have done it, and I've worked through it as well, is the idea is to feel like, oh my gosh, I really now have a good sense of who I am, what lights me up, how I want to make an impact in the world, who I want to be and show up as in the world. And how am I going to do that? You know, so that's, that's my goal is to have that self-discovery and then to apply it so that it's an action. And, you know, it's not just knowledge from within, but you can make a difference in the world that, that lights me up.
1: You are so singing my song and (laughs) I I want, I want to jump back because you, you mentioned that one of the chapters, you talk about how you can help people fall in love with themselves. Yes. How, how do you fall in love with yourself?
0: Yes. So I have been very inspired by Louise Hay. I was raised by, my mother was a lot like Stuart Smalley, if anyone ever watched Saturday
1: Night Live. Saturday Night Live, of course. Yeah,
0: I'm dating myself, but in the 90s, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people love
1: me. People like me.
0: People like me. My mom actually did that with me, and it was horrifying then, but actually something about it stuck with me. And so I started listening and Reading Louise Hay is one of my big influencers, and she did a lot about mirror work. And so, in chapter two, I have I kind of redefined it because I know for some people, you know, it's it's a very challenging exercise to look literally connect with yourself in the mirror. Most especially women, we look in the mirror and it's a ugh, like no, that's not. What, it's rare. I found women that don't do that, and I've worked very hard on myself so that it's a loving um, reflection back. But I do start with um with the mirror and I actually have a way of doing it where it's not just saying affirmations it's it's really looking into your eyes and connecting and for many people and a lot of my clients that was very challenging and so we started with what can you appreciate right now you know what can you if it, maybe it's just it's your eyes or noticing you know your mouth that you've been you been breathing since you were born through you know whether taking bites of food with or you know your hair or something or inner qualities, and just acknowledging that because it's very powerful. We look at the mirror all the time and there's usually a lot of negative self-talk. So one of the places I like to start is is there, it's very tangible. Um, there are other activities that I have and ways to do it, but that stood out to me. And I think, you know, I even have, um, there's an activity where you can make your own, um, I call it your self love and mirror, and you can just create a mirror, like buy one and write things on it and look up to it in practice and in you know, in privacy. So, and there's a lot of research around, you know, as you speak to yourself in new ways and make that connection, it changes your physiological chemistry. It changes, I mean, your body kind of internal healing. There's so much good stuff that goes with this that um, I wanted to teach it in a way that wherever you are, even if you're the person that I had a client, I mean, she literally is like, Julie, I can't do this. It makes me want to cry. I don't like looking in the mirror, not even for a second. And finally, she's like, you know, what? I actually like my eyes. I said, awesome. I want you to connect with your eyes. And we're starting there. And it took her three months. And then we moved slowly. And it's been brilliant. She has shifted her view and literal vision and connection of herself with herself. Um, and, you know, what's happened is she's, yes, released negative thoughts, released weight, because it's it's all tied in together, you know. So um, that's a great place to start. And I write a lot about it. And I share, you know, I certainly influenced by Louise Hay, who has done a lot of work on mirror work. But it's a good, it's, I think it's a good place to start. It's one of the places I had my first kind of breakthrough healing and I practice it every single day, every day, all the time. Anytime I look in the mirror, I send a kiss to myself or I say something nice or I just something. So that my brain pattern is shifted around that. And um, hopefully, you know, my kids will have a mom that's like Stuart Smalley. Also, I just try to tailor it a little bit more. So I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Too much like that. But, you know, hey, I guess that's the worst. There's other worse, but, you know, it's all good.
1: The, this is very true. And, and I also like the fact that, you know, you're using that, you know, the falling in love with yourself as a foundation and then moving on to mindfulness, discovering one's passion, etc. cetera. Uh, but I'm curious about the food part that ties it all together. Talk to us a little bit about that aspect of your book.
0: Yeah. So, and it's funny, I'm actually, there's a there's a couple chapters in the, towards the, the end, 9, 10, 11. One is called Hungry for More, which I'm actually creating my first online course about because I realized, and when I wrote about it, it it's like the beginning of it. But, you know, being somebody who struggled and, and it doesn't, some days I still have that feeling of my God, and sometimes I act on it, usually not, but wanting something, feeling like food, you know, is a, is a comfort and, and, and we all eat. Most of us eat every day, three meals at least. And so I I kind of look at it from different angles. I look at, you know, notice how you feel when you eat certain things. Most of us go through life on autopilot. How do you feel when you eat something packaged or greasy? Versus how do you feel when you eat, you know, a spinach salad? I'm guessing you're gonna feel different before during and after and start noticing because I really believe our bodies are so wise, we're so wise and that it, it takes practice, but as and as you as I started to pay attention. Somebody, you know, I was someone who was eating, I'm talking like bags had some bags of MMs in the closet by myself binging. I mean, that's, I was not, you know, it was not pretty. And it was certainly, you know, we're not talking like, Oh, that's lovely. I just had a few extra cookies. No, I would eat a whole pack of 50 Oreos. That was where I was. And so one of the things I learned was, you know, that was a way of dealing with emotions. So, you know, First starting with your body, what are you noticing? What are you intuiting when you eat? And then start listening. And then what are you feeling? How do you deal with your feelings? We have an emotional scale that ranges. You know, anything for me that starts to get into anger, resentment, anxiety, comparison, sadness. Like I know that's kind of a okay, Julie, calm. Like I need to get quiet. Cause I my instinct used to be food. It just numbed me out. Um, so I do a whole piece on teaching yourself how to, how to live with different emotions. Many of us, a lot of women, especially, and men weren't taught how to process emotions and digest them literally without using food or alcohol or something else to deal. So there's an assessment. There's, there's a lot around kind of noticing that piece. And then I then talk about, you know, actually what happens to your body when you do eat certain foods, um, the impact of, of those foods I learned going through a very stressful experience of a divorce, which, you know, I don't recommend, but was the right choice. You know, my, um, thyroid stopped working and I, as a result, studied a lot. I, the Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition. So I've learned a lot about inflammatory foods. And so there's a set, there's a whole piece on how to take out inflammation and how to love and heal your body. And then I do talk about weight, um, because I do believe while weight, yes, is physical and, Eating well and exercising, yes, is part of the equation. I've seen it with myself having gained and lost 40 pounds four times. Um, Having been the same weight for about seven years, what I saw was that when I, you know, allowed myself to feel my feelings and release one of those, you know, i.e. crying and expressing and journaling and doing all kinds of things using, um, I'm a big Miracle Morning fan and using that process and meditating, you know, I was able to release um, so much emotion and my body, it was amazing. I was able, I noticed that my, I just naturally released anything, you know, the weight that I didn't need. And so I don't talk about weight loss. I talk about releasing what doesn't serve you releasing what you don't need. That's how I like to talk about it. So there's a huge amount on that. And then there is an assessment in the back that I created around body intuition and wisdom and foods. And so, um, It's an it's it's. I was gonna say it's an obsession, but that sounds negative. It's it's a it's it's a passion of mine because I've literally I feel like if someone like me could be where I used to be with you know literally buying bags of M and M's and Oreos and stuffing them in the car so no one could see me and eating frozen cookies at my former in laws house during you know dinners in the bathroom to you know listening to my body and (laughs) eating three beautiful meals a day. It's like if I can get to that place. Holy moly, anyone can. And I want to help people do that.
1: That is really awesome. And I, I might add that you give everybody a little diploma on page 157. So yes. <laughs> very, very, yes. very cool. But but in all yeah. seriousness, no, I, I think what you're doing and particularly around the food is absolutely wonderful. And um, ap- it is not only absolutely wonderful, that it, it is needed. It is needed in society because I think there's a lot out there in terms of eating disorders, certainly in the, the clinical research, and, and that's been well-studied and well-documented. But you know the way that it sounds like you're tying in food with some of these other issues and doing it in a way that's accessible for people you know, is really awesome. So kudos to you, Julie, for sure, for that. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Hungry for More because I know that you recently filmed something for that. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) this is a good story and it's, it's a little humbling. And also, um, what I like about it is that I think the underlying message is that you should always, you know, go for it. And even if, so I'll, I'll, I'll share what I mean. I have been part of a phenomenal film festival out of Sedona. It's called Illuminate and they bring all kinds of films on living consciously. And so I, uh, decided I was in a program where we we're doing community projects. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do a short film on my experience with, with overeating and kind of how I've moved through that and how I have handled that and how I live today. And so guy that I knew is a filmmaker. And so I'd, I'd had some on-camera background before, and I figured, you know, this is just going to be raw, like no notes, no nothing. I'm just going to be sitting and sharing. And so we did a short, a short film and I decided I was going to submit it to this film festival not realizing when I submitted it, it was up against Tony Robbins. I am not your guru film. That was like what the realm of films coming in were. <laughs> wow. And I was so awesome because I ended up going both the last couple of years. It's an awesome festival and I highly recommend it. And I realized when I was there, when it was, you know, Michael Beckwith's film and with Joan Rivers and Jenny McCarthy and then Tony Robbins film. And I said, you know what? I totally get why my film wasn't chosen? That makes complete sense. And it was funny. The woman who chose, she's like, "Actually, it was it was really well done. You just you need more, you know, you need more interview, whatever to make it a little more complete." And I thought, okay, but I'm so glad I did it because what I've done is I've been showing it all over the Maryland, um, Baltimore, DC area and starting conversations. Um, I've probably showed it to over say over 300 people now. We've done about four different um, film screenings. And I'm actually going to be, it it inspired me to start my, my uh, first online course around this area. It's going to be called hungry for more. And it's really teaching using the film. um, And then, and then I'm calling it the six H's of hunger, which is not cellular hunger, but all the different types of hunger. I just, I really want to dive into this um, area. And so doing that film, even though it wasn't selected I'm so grateful I did it anyhow. And it's like, if I had known who I was up against, I wouldn't have submitted it, but I'm so glad I did because it got me in action. And I, you know, I've, I've used it to really get that conversation started. And I'm actually, it looks like might be used in some of the all girls schools, um, to talk about eating issues and eating disorders with, with girls and young, you know, young women. So I'm just excited to see how it can be used to make a difference. And then, you know, to create this course that will go with it
1: that's really wonderful and and again you know it, it illustrates the point you know that you might not have even you might have been so intimidated by who you were going up against you might not have even done it and now that now that you have who knows where where that's going to go and how many people you're going to help through it amazing Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> so, when is the? Uh, do we have an, a, a date for this course? When people are going to be able to have access to this?
0: Yeah. So, it, I'm looking to launch it in the very beginning of September. My goal was and is, and I'm actually um, almost almost there. I have a little bit more to go, but I'm working with a woman who has a whole wellness academy and has done this before, and so we're working together. Just I want to make sure that it's really has a lot of different tools and resources, and and also. Um, you know, it's, it's all my content, but that it's, it's engaging and then it makes a difference. And so she's helping me and it should be ready by the first week of September, if not the end of August, but I'll be rolling it out as you know, people go, as kids go back to school, then this is something for adults or young women to engage in. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm looking to roll it out in the beginning of September.
1: Perfect. So so this, this will probably air after that's launched. So we will definitely post a link to that oh, inside. Okay. of Yeah, so people can find that. Uh, very good. Well, I think we're at time here. I have loved having you on. And as you know, I wrap up every episode with a single question that I ask all my guests. And that is, what is the biggest helping? The single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing you today?
0: Oh, I just got chills. Okay. This is what's coming up for me is that whoever you are, I know because you are a human being like myself, that we are all wired to have everything we need to know, all of the intuition and wisdom and knowing that we need to know from within. And that that each person who has tuned in is a sacred, wise, incredibly powerful being who has things to do on this planet. And I would just say the best thing in the world you can do is to honor, cherish, love yourself so that you can give that out to the world and then go be your best self. Go design it, be it, and and really add to the to the well-being of this planet. That would be that would be what I would add.
1: That is awesome. I love that. Well, this was incredible, Julie. Again, I know we're we're short on time here. Where can people find you?
0: So the, the easiest way to find me is, is my website, and that's um, my name, which is julieriesler.com.
1: And that is julie r.com all one word, right?
0: Yes, like the store, REI. I learned that talking to... Oh, funny.
1: Awesome. I
0: was like, oh, REI. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Hungry for More is on there, and I can get you that info. But yeah, I would love to hear from whoever is touched by this. I, you know, I love helping anyone who wants to take on their life and you know, be fully self-expressed and take their life to the next level.
1: That's my passion. So Fantastic. Now, Julie, thank you again. And, and it also has stated, we're going to have a link to Hungry for More on the Daily Helping app and in our show notes, as well as a link where you can pick up Julie's book, a PhD in You. And that's all the time we have for today. Julie, thank you so much for coming on. And for each and every one of you who tuned into this episode, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This is what helps others find the podcast. But most importantly, go out there and do something nice for somebody else today, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others.